Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Melanie C., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, April 15, 2015. Today we are reading from the Big Book, and we are going to be reading from Appendix 2 in the back of the book, Spiritual Experience. That's page 567 in the fourth edition. Today's readers are Janice C, 12 Steps, Kathy W, 12 Traditions, and reading the text is Sally A, Sue L, and Sylvia S. The reference number for yesterday, Monday, April 14, 2014, is six one eight seven six one eight seven. The OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Janice B. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, this is Janice B. in Vermont, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. I will now ask Kathy W. to read the 12 Traditions. 
Good morning. This is Kathy W., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Manitoba, Canada. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a, is a desire to stop drinking. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature and stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your sharing to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, Everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the Big Book on page 567, fourth edition of the Big Book, Appendix 2, The Spiritual Experience. And I will ask Sally A. to begin reading. Good morning, a vision for you, and thank you, Melanie, for your service. This is Sally A. Recovered in South Jersey. A Spiritual Experience. The terms spiritual experience and spiritual awakening are used many times in this book, which upon careful reading shows that the personality change sufficient to bring about recovery from alcoholism has manifested itself among us in many different forms. Yet it is true that our first printing gave many readers the impression that these personality changes or religious experiences must be in the nature of sudden and spectacular upheavals. 
happily for everyone. This conclusion is erroneous. In the first few chapters, a number of sudden revolutionary changes are described. Though it was not our intention to create such an impression, many alcoholics have nevertheless concluded that in order to recover, they must acquire an immediate and overwhelming God consciousness, followed at once by a vast change in feeling and outlook. Among our rapidly growing membership of thousands of alcoholics, such transformations, though frequent, are by no means the rule. Most of our experiences are what the psychologist William James calls the educational variety because they develop slowly over a period of time. Quite often, friends of the newcomer are aware of the difference long before he is himself. He finally realizes that he has undergone a profound alteration in his reaction to life. That such a change could hardly have been brought about by himself alone. What often takes place in a few months could seldom have been accomplished by years of self-discipline. With few exceptions, our members find that they have tapped an unsuspected inner resource which they presently identify with their own conception of a power greater than themselves. Most of us think this awareness of a power greater than ourselves is the essence of spiritual experience. Our more religious members call it God consciousness. Most emphatically, we wish to say to any alcoholic capable of honestly facing his problems in the light of our experience can recover, provided he does not close his mind to all spiritual concepts. He can only be defeated by an attitude of intolerance or belligerent denial. We find that no one need have difficulty with the spirituality of the program. Willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness are the essentials of recovery, but these are indispensable. There is a principle which is a bar against all information, which is proof against all arguments, and which cannot fail to keep a man in everlasting ignorance. That principle is contempt prior to investigation. End quote. Herbert Spencer. So much is said here, and I'll just begin by apologizing for adding the word uh to the title of this because they titled it Spiritual Experience, not the spiritual experience or a or an experience, a spiritual experience. They simply titled it spiritual experience. The term spiritual experience and spiritual awakening are used many times in this book, which upon careful reading shows that here here we have the beginning four times in these two pages, the word recover or recovery or uh, on the next page, again, it's the word recover and then recovery. And so the first time we see the word recover used, and I, I often go to these two pages when people are asking me about, um, can we really become recovered? And, um, and this, this, these pages here are making it very clear that um, 
they're they're speaking from a perspective of past tense. They're recovered, and um, so beginning with the personality change sufficient to bring about recovery from alcoholism has manifested itself among us in many spirit in many different forms. That's the first time. Then a few paragraphs down, we see um, in the middle of the paragraph in the in the few in the first few chapters a number of sudden revolutionary changes are described. Though it was not our intention to create such an impression, many alcoholics have nevertheless concluded that in order to recover, there's the second time the word recover is used. In order to recover, they must acquire an immediate and overwhelming God consciousness, followed at once by a vast change in feeling and outlook. It's interesting that uh, Evie is described by his friend Bill as becoming reorganized. And that's what we see here, followed at once by a vast change in feeling and outlook. And in every one of these chapters in this book, in these first chapters of the 164 pages, I should say, over and over, these, the concept is presented that we're going to have a new way of living, a new design for living, Page 58, a new manner of living, principles by which he is living, a new way of living. And that's what we're being told here, and that's what's happened to me in my life. That there is, that in order to recover, we must acquire an immediate and overwhelming God consciousness, a sense of God, followed at once by a vast change in feeling, in outlook, or how we live. Among our rapidly growing membership of thousands of alcoholics, such transformations, though frequent, are by no means the rule. And when I see that sentence, I'm reminded that Bill was transformed very suddenly. And on page 55 and 56 in the book, which is the chapter we're in, toward the end of the chapter, we're going to see another man who also had a drastic transformation. But they're telling us here that it doesn't have to be this drastic transformation that for many of us and for me, it's a a very slow, progressive change. And so that's what they're telling us here, that this transformation, it is going to be a transformation because it has been a transformation for me and I see it in so many people. But it can be a slowly growing type of transformation. Most of our experiences are what the psychologist William James called the educational variety because they develop slowly over a period of time. Quite often, friends of the newcomer are aware of the difference long before he is himself. He finally realizes that he has undergone a profound alteration in his reactions to life. And what that says to me, really, more than anything, is how different I am because I live in a different premise, accepting life on life's terms and surrendering outcomes, looking at my day so differently, even surrendering my day, a profound alteration in his reaction to life, that such a change could hardly have been brought about by himself alone. What often takes place in a few months could seldom have been accomplished by years of self-discipline. This sentence, what often takes place in a few months, could seldom have been accomplished by years of self-discipline, is for me one place in the book that lets us know that you can be recovered in a few months. 
Some people believe you can do it in a few days. Some people believe in a few weeks. I don't believe there's a rule presented. But certainly we are told here that what often takes place in a few months could seldom have been accomplished by years of self-discipline. And that's true. And that's what happens as we walk through these steps, as we walk through this process. We are changed. With few exceptions, our members find they have tapped this is a very precious. They have tapped an unsuspected inner resource which they presently identify with their own conception of a power greater than themselves. I am compelled to turn to page 128 and read the bottom of the page with me if you can. It says here, we have indulged in spiritual intoxication like a gaunt prospector, belt drawn in over the last ounce of food, our pick struck gold. Joy at our release from a lifetime of frustration knew no bounds. Father feels he has struck something better than gold. And so it says here, with few exceptions, our members find that they have tapped an unsuspected inner resource which they presently identify with their own conception of a power greater than themselves. Most of us think this awareness of a power greater than ourselves is the essence of spiritual experience. Our more religious members call it God consciousness. Most emphatically, we wish to say that our, that any alcoholic capable of honestly facing his problems in the light of our experience can recover. What I see here in these next few sentences are what we also see in the bottom of page 13 and the top of page 14 in Bill's story, where it talks about the elements. And the top of page 14 uses the word the essentials. And here we see... Most emphatically, we wish to say that any alcoholic capable of honestly, that's one of the elements that on the bottom of page 13 is, honest, is honesty, facing his problems in the light of our experience can recover, provided he does not close his mind to all spiritual concepts. He can only be defeated by an attitude of intolerance or belligerent denial. We find that no one need have difficulty with the spirituality of this program. Willingness, and here we have it, they're going to call it the essentials, just like they do at the top of page 14. They call it the elements of recovery on the bottom of page 13. Willingness, honesty, open-mindedness are the essentials of recovery, but these are indispensable. And then they give us this wonderful Quote, there is a principle which is a bar against all information, which is proof against all arguments, and which cannot fail to keep a man in everlasting ignorance. That principle is contempt prior to investigation. Thanks for letting me share. With that, I pass. Thank you, Sally. Who would like to comment on what was read? Larry. Do. Hi, good morning. Hi, good morning, Larry. Do and then Hannah. Larry, you can go first, please. Good morning. Uh, Larry, Recovered Compulsive Reader from Chicago. So a lot was said there. Um, I'll be brief. Um, you know, how the elusive spiritual awakening 
And this was the very thing that I, I found most troubling as I read about it in the big book, and, and I heard others talk about it as a sort of a necessity for my recovery from this disease. So, you know, it reminds me when we read The Spiritual Awakening, why was I troubled over this? I mean, for me, first, what if I failed? You know, and it says, you know, those who do not recover are people who cannot or will not give themselves to the simple program. And this one always got me, usually men and women who are constitutionally incapable of being honest. Damn it. No loophole here for, you know, for Larry. So, yet I came to believe, you know, because I, I learned that the main object of this book was to enable a guy like me, a wretch like me, to find a power greater than myself which would solve my problem. And the second thing that troubled me is, you know, I was troubled because I erroneously, erroneously believed that in order to recover, I'd have to have an immediate, profound change in thinking and attitude first. You know, while the food was down. You know, a God consciousness while, while I'm in the early steps. A life transformation first. Then, and only then, I, I thought, would I recover? And, you know, this is not what, what happened to me at all. And, and a lot of people I know, you see, my transformation happened over time. I glossed over the, the truism that was inherent in step 12 where it said, well, I'll tell you what it didn't say. It didn't say having had a spiritual awakening as the result of coming to the rooms, as the result of putting in your dues, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years, um, as the result of finding a temporary sobriety or getting the perfect sponsor or doing 90 meetings in 90 days or even believing in God. or sad to say, listening to a vision for you or following the perfect food plan. See, it, it, it said having had a spiritual awakening as the result of something else, as the result of working the steps. None of those other things, however important they were, brought about that profound alteration, that God consciousness, you know, that complete personality change sufficient to arrest this disease. And it, it was only after step nine, you know, that I, I truly knew a new freedom and happiness as promised after taking step nine. Only then did I comprehend the word serenity and no peace. Thank God for Alcoholics Anonymous. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Larry. Do you're next. Good morning. This is Drew, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Thank you so much, Melanie, for your service, and thank you to everyone for being here. Um, what I get from here is there there, there are several uh, spiritual terms that are, that are outlined here. It may be confusing for someone that's just coming in and trying to get this, but it's very simple. Um, you know, they, they all say uh, whether it's a spiritual experience, which is a... a a sudden, immediate, uh, overwhelming uh, God consciousness or a spiritual awakening, which um, is gradual. It ha happens over a period of time and over a period of steps uh, that you take, or whether it's a religious experience um, or whether it's a psychic change. Whatever you call it, the result is it's supposed to produce something. What does it produce? It produced a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery from alcoholism. And that personality change, um, if you go back to page 
25 and 27, and I'll just read uh, 27 um, a little bit about that just to give you an idea what that personality change is. It's the ideas, emotions, and attitudes that were once were the guiding force of our lives are suddenly cast to one side, and a new conception and motives begin to dominate us. And the only one that can produce that in a compulsive overeater is a, is, is a higher power. I cannot change my personality. I cannot do this on my own. Um, that is part of taking the step of, you know, step one. I am powerless. I do not have the power to change anything about me. I need something bigger than myself because my self-will, my self-determination, my way of doing things have, has not produced those things in me at all at any given moment. So I am looking for a different solution. I am looking for a power greater than myself that can produce that in me. And in this spiritual experience, over and over again, it will give you different words that mean the same, same exact thing. Um, you know, where it says revolutionary change, a vast change, a transformation. Um, uh, they develop over a period of variety um, uh, of time, a profound alteration um, in his reaction to life. But basically, it all means change. Change. Change means I change from one thing to another and I get a result. What is the result? I get a God consciousness with, with God. Um, I tap into that source of power that I didn't have before, a power greater than myself, an awareness of that power that something is working in my life that didn't work before. And I don't get to produce that myself. That's, that's, that's the key element there. I don't get to produce it myself. But I do get to participate in my recovery. Right? It talks about that I do have to do a couple of things. I have to be willing, I have to be honest, and I have to be open. You know, and the way I tap into those willingness, openness, and and honesty is going through the steps. That's how I get my. You, you know, uh, it, it talks about the fact that ten percent, ten percent got this sudden spiritual experience. 10%. And in um, XX of the second edition, it talks about that AA had a recovery rate of 75%. So that, that already is telling me that most of us, when it says most of us experience the, the more gradual uh, part of, of this spiritual awakening, that means that 90% of the people get it gradually. But they do, if they go through the steps, and they, they, they experience this, they should be experiencing a result in each of the steps. If I take step one, the result I'm going to get is I become abstinent. I do step two, the result I get, I get a, con a, a contact with God. Step three, if I do it properly, I'm already getting into a relationship with God. Step four and five, if I do it properly, I'm removing the effects of, of my debris, you know, which is my wreckage. If I do step six, I'm recognizing, you know, my character defects. If I do step seven, I'm recommitting myself to God. If I do step eight and nine, 
I'm restoring relationships with people. And if I do step 10, I'm doing all the steps in order to maintain what I have already practiced. And then 11 and 12, I continue to improve my conscious contact with God, and then I get to do service to others. Those are the results when we do the steps properly. If I'm doing the steps and I'm not getting the results, I am not having that spiritual awakening. I'm not getting the results. So that means something is wrong with that picture, and I need to go back, and I need to reexamine that and, and, and build on that solid foundation because when life storms come, and I don't build on solid rock, I will be get blown away, and I will go back to the food. So um, that's what I see here, and with that, I passed. Thank you. Anna, you're next. Good morning. I'm Hannah. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Colorado. Thank you for the meeting, as always. You know, I read willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness are the essentials of recovery, but these are indispensable. And so my question was, uh-oh, how do I get these things? And practically speaking, and that already, when I'm willing to ask this question to say, oh, I'm at a turning point that, that is the how it, that's talked about and how it works, how do I abandon myself to God completely? Um, and and the and and the way it has worked for me practically is I it, it will be um, about eleven years in May. I sat down with a new food plan for breakfast at breakfast. And I said, you know, God, I know this isn't going to work for me. I mean, I just know it. But I'm going to do it anyway. And guess what? It worked. <laughs> and I have been abstinent since then. Um, and and that that's a spiritual experiencing where, experience for me where I'm, I'm I'm not fighting with what my mind is saying. I just kind of bypass it. And that's the willingness to, to and the open-mindedness to say, well, even if it's not going to work, if I'm sure it's not going to work, I'll just try it anyway. And that belief comes to me from other people, from other recovered compulsive overeaters, when I see in their eyes that they are recovered and they believe that I can recover, even if I don't believe it. And that's this 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 the crucial part of how how do I develop a spiritual experience is, is in the second step for me. With that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Hannah. May I share? Yes, who is this? It's Mary from New Jersey. Hi, good morning, Mary. Yes, you may. Thank you, Mary M. Good morning, everybody. What a delight to be reading in the Big Bag. 
in the back of the big book, this spiritual experience. Most people don't realize it's there, and it's just two pages, but I'd like to share with you this morning. When I came into the rooms, it'll be almost eight years ago, and I just couldn't figure this out because I'd known I have had so many spiritual experiences having a personal relationship with God for the last 45 years. I really... But I didn't understand what they were talking about. Susie would come on and she says, I was struck abstinent. Billy would come on and say he would have this experience. He didn't have to pick up the food. And I just couldn't understand it, you know. And then one morning, I was 250 pounds, as only listening uh, for about a month. And um, I was standing in the kitchen. When I had an interior vision, my visions are interior. I know some people see things, but mine are really in my mind. But they're so clear. And I saw the morning, and it was dark out. And it was early morning, and I started seeing the rays of the sun come up. And I clearly heard God say to me, Mary, just as you cannot force, and I'm sorry, it's my cat in the background, just as you cannot force, Um, the sun to rise in the morning. You cannot force a spiritual awakening. But I promise you, you only have to do one thing. If you keep coming back to the rooms, listening to all these people, I will give you that spiritual experience. You will get it. But it wasn't until I was, when I hit my 90 days and I was asked to speak, and I said, God, what am I going to speak on? And I found this. And bells went off. Oh, my gosh. Now I understand what Billy and Susie went. Surely maybe they did experience that. But for the majority of us, the spiritual awakening would come in a educational kind that the psychologist taught us. And I said, of course that makes sense. I didn't even know all these years. First thing I had learned from all of you guys, that I was a compulsive overeater. I didn't even see that. I didn't even understand my disease and didn't understand about the steps, even though I tried to follow my faith, which encompasses the steps, but really didn't understand. And Larry had said it about that 12 step. We do, you know, like even my sponsor said, yes, we can have tons of spiritual experience, but the one that we need for recovery so that one day I can say I am recovered eater, but it's that 12th step which says having had a spiritual experience as the result of these steps. So thank you all for listening. Thank you, Mary. And I wanted to extend an invitation for others to share as well, but I wanted to remind folks that we have a suggested three-minute sharing time here, and I know a lot has been read here that maybe we could focus on a paragraph or something at a time. Who else would like to share on what was read? Sarah from Boston. I heard Sarah for sure. Sarah W. And then Marcelo from from Boston. Karen in Colorado. Marcelo. And Katie from Boston. And then Sharon H. from Colorado. So in that order, please, Sarah, Marcelo, Katie, Sharon H. Thank you. I'm Marcelo from Dallas, compulsive overeater. I'm going to have Sarah W. go first, Marcelo, please. 
Okay. All right. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, can you hear me? I can. Good morning to you. Good, good morning, Melanie. Uh, good morning, Vision, for you. My name is Sarah, and I'm Sarah W., and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Iowa. Um, I, I love this part of the book. I think it's really an important thing. I wanted to just focus on um, the last part of it um, where it says um, that it's a God consciousness and that um, and the part of it says um, that we, as long as we're capable of honestly facing our problems in the light of our experience, we can recover provided that we don't close our mind to these concepts, these spiritual concepts, and that we can only be defeated by an attitude of intolerance and belligerent denial. Um, and, and I just want to just talk just, just for a second about the idea of, you know, the rebellious personality that we come in with. And I think that's what um, pushes away the idea that, um, that this thing could be real, you know, that somehow... Um, I still have to be able to do it. That somehow I don't believe that this is possible, that that you, you know, this this couldn't be true and that, uh, you know, having, having a bit of a negative attitude about it, I think. And then, you know, it talks about the willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness. And all throughout this book, it talks a lot about honesty. You know, it is the crux of the first step. And I think that is, um, you know, it, well, it talks about willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness are essentials of recovery. I think if one of those is, is kind of skewed, I think it makes it very difficult. It has in my history. So I, I think it's just about the the idea of, like, opening ourselves, you know, placing ourselves in that vulnerable position where we can finally, you know, try to believe. And I love the last quote, of course. But I wanted to bring us back to page 155, and I think it was alluded to, and everybody has spoken so beautifully about this. But a spiritual experience he conceded was absolutely necessary, but the price seemed high upon the basis suggested. And I think, um, you know, People have talked on this line about death of self, and when we do work through our steps, that's what happens. You know, uh, you know, Joe and Charlie talk about you know change is all, what it's all about. You know, the transformation will happen. We don't even need to worry about it. It is going to occur if we are willing to work through with the with the effort that we put in to use our drug of choice, which is food. If we're willing to put that effort into our recovery, there is no doubt that that the spiritual change will happen. And I'm so grateful that I, you know, truly today I really feel like I have a partnership with my higher power. I'm not perfect, but I really feel that pretty much all throughout the day. Uh, and I'm just so grateful for that. And and then I have a new relationship with the people around me and with myself. With myself, I no longer look at myself as a piece of crap. You know, today I can say I'm not perfect, but I see myself as human, and I'm finally right-sized, and I, I you know, I'm really so appreciative of that. And um, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Marcello, it's your turn. Marcello, want to press star one? 
Marcelo, press star one on your phone keypad. Well, in the meantime, KG, would you be willing to share first? And then we'll get back to Marcelo. I am certainly, Melanie. Can you hear me? I can. Thank you. Great. Good morning, everyone. This is KG recovered for today. I'm grateful to be on the line and just we'll speak briefly. Um, you know, um, when my when my sponsor and I reviewed this, um, you know, she let me know the good news, which is that happily for everyone, this conclusion is erroneous. So I don't need to have a white light experience to turn my, you know, to come to believe that a power greater than me could restore me to sanity. And what she explained to me is that, you know, where I am right now, I'm blocked from God. Before I did the most effective way, she told me of of, you know, after she and I took step three, which is not yet, but when she and I took step three, she said the most effective way to take and demonstrate step three is to take steps four through nine, right? So I can't have a sudden, um, you know, or I can, but she said, she explained to me that I was currently blocked from a full understanding of God. And what was I blocked by? Contempt prior to investigation. And she said there are principles of contempt prior to investigation. And contempt means bitter scorn, dislike, defiance, disrespect, disregard. It's the I know guy, right? So number one, principles of contempt prior to investigation. It blocks information. If I know everything, if I don't need to surrender, if I have power, choice, and control, step one, with the food, then I don't need anybody, right? Step two, I provide evidence against all arguments. You know, you're making a suggestion, you're my sponsor, well, I already know, I don't need you. You know, all of that is blocking me from a different way of seeing things. And three, that contempt keeps me in ignorance. So um, what she was saying to me is that um, this idea that I already know all the answers, that I don't need help, that I'll keep, I'll, you know, keep going to myself for the solution, um, blocks me from God. And what she was presenting to me is another way to live that I don't have to have all the answers, that I can go to God and have a relationship with God. But the only way to have that relationship for me was to be, number one, completely devastated by my illness. And step one, I have lack of power, choice, and control. When I put that food in my mouth, I cannot control the amount I'm taking in. But when I'm not eating, I'm crazy, I'm insane, and, I, and, I, and finally the insane idea wins out. Step two, I am absolutely not a power that can manage my life. And look at the insanity of what happens when I manage my life. Um, and, and what I am promised is with willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness, and that's an everyday thing for me. You know, like, yes, I'm recovered today from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, but how willing am I to see a situation differently? How willing am I not to just be cash register honest, but to look at what are the lies I'm telling myself? That, you know, I'm only okay if this person likes me. That I know what this person thinks. That, you know, this person defies who I am. That I understand the situation just by looking at it. You know, that's what the point of living in step 10 during the day and step 10 and step 11 at night is, is looking at it. How honest am I being? Or am I telling myself lies and basing my behaviors on lies and open-minded? You know, thank God, step one and step two help me see that I... God willing, can stay as open-minded as the dying. I was dying, right? So, like, a lot of this was, you know, it's okay, Katie, you count too. If you don't have a spiritual, um, you know, if you don't have a burning bush in your yard tomorrow morning, that's okay. You can have a waking up of the educational variety, and God is here for you too, as long as you stay honest, open-minded, and willing, and keep 
that contempt at bay because the I know guy is the one that's going to be right back into the food, if not immediately, ultimately. And I'm grateful to be here and without a test. Thank you. Thank you, Katie. Marcelo, have you returned? Press star one. Marcelo, if you'd like to share and you have returned, would you press star one to unmute your phone? Yes, I'm back, finally. Hi. Mar Marcelo, compulsive overeater, uh, day one. And uh, I've been sober for three years, going on four, October 17th. Um, and I'm I'm back to uh, OA after a, a long time. And I definitely get the uh, spiritual experience, um, having been, you know, sober for three years now. But, uh, you know, food is a thing I still have to um, come to terms with. So I'm looking for a sponsor. And uh, if anyone's willing to sponsor me, I'd appreciate it. My number is 972-837-7775. And uh, that's all I got for now. Thank you. Thank you, Marcelo. Sharon H., Good morning, uh, Melanie. This is Sharon H. in Colorado, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Can you hear me okay? I can. Thank you. Okay, thanks. Uh, I'm just going to zero in on that very last paragraph because it just applies so much to uh, what happened to me when I started listening to this meeting in July of 2012. And there is a principle which is a bar against all information, which is proof against all arguments, and which cannot fail to keep a man in everlasting ignorance, and that principle is contempt prior to investigation. And that is pretty much what my mindset was when I uh, started listening to this meeting, and they were in the doctor's opinion. I had been in OA for many years, had not been able to stay abstinent, had done various uh, formats of, of the OA program, and... Uh, was not able to stay stopped. And as a result of that, my mind did, um, you know, became very closed and um, I couldn't understand. I had several years in another program, uh, but not in this one. And so what I realized as a result of listening to this meeting and going to the doctor's opinion, uh, line by line, it was just like a light bulb went off and I saw that I had uh, really closed my mind to the belief um, that I did have a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body when it came to food. And as a result of that, um, you know, I had that contempt prior to investigation. So I will remain forever grateful for this program and for the line-by-line -line, um, format of the program uh, from the beginning and that it has made uh, such a difference in my, uh, in my life and being uh, able to stay recovered one day at a time from the seemingly hopeless state of mind and body when it comes to food addiction. And I am so very grateful for that, and I am so grateful to the service of all of you that have been on the line and have remained so faithful to stay on the line uh, day by day um, as we continue this process of... of uh, recovery and that um, now I have been given the privilege 
to um, be a step guide to others going through this uh, process, and um, it just doesn't get any better than that. Um, and you know, I still have to do those uh, step 10, 11, and 12. I know that's another thing I fell down on was not uh, remaining after I did steps four through nine to remain constant with the step 10, 11, and 12. Um, because I still do get restless, irritable, and discontent, but now I know what I must do as God continues to restore this um, sick mind to sanity. And um, as a result of knowing that the uh, physical allergy will never go away, I must do uh, what it takes as God is renewing this mind of mine uh, one day at a time as well. And um, I'm, I'm just very, very grateful to this paragraph to to know that um, you know it was a long time for me, but most of it was because I held on to something that wasn't uh, I wasn't listening. I wasn't listening to the truth. And once I was willing to open my mind and listen to the truth, um, God did the rest. As long as I was willing to do those basic things that are required of us. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Melanie. Thank you, Sharon. Would anyone else like to share on what was read today? Monica. Hi, good morning, Monica. Good morning, Melanie. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. So I'm going to zone into the next to the last paragraph. We find that no one need have difficulty with the spirituality of the program. So we're reading the chapter, We Agnostics, and we're learning... Uh, they're trying to get us to set aside our old ideas, any prejudices we may have when it comes to the spirituality business. And then they've sent, and then they added this uh, spiritual experience to try to explain to us, because in the beginning, a lot of the um, alcoholics did have sudden spiritual experiences, but they want to make it very clear to us that the majority of us, it's going to be a slow educational time. It's a process. It's going to take time. And it says, willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness are the essentials of recovery, but these are indispensable, indispensable, absolutely necessary, that I be willing, honest, and open-mindedness. You know, and what brought me there? The pain of this disease brought me there. And the other thing that was pointed out to me, if I circled the W on willingness, the H on honesty, and the O on open-mindedness, here was another essential of recovery. What did that spell? Who? And who is God? And that working these steps will bring me that relationship with God. And what's been said, you know, the 12th step, having had a spiritual awakening. It's a process, Monica. You start with step one and you work all the way through. And it's guaranteed on page 84 that if you do this work, there is no way you cannot have a change. And it's a change that will continue to change as you continue to work this process. You know, so four years later, after having crossed over, it, that was just the beginning. God is just revealing more and more all the time. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Monica. Would anyone else like to share on what was read today? Hello? Hello, good morning. Hi, Melanie. Good morning. It's Mary Lou from California. Good morning, Mary Lou. Please share. Hi. Um, I just, I want to, I tend to go on, so I'm going to, try to stay focused here and, and make it quick, but 
like the spirit of God is like oozing out of my <laughs> mouth um, right now because I'm thinking about the, what I shared on yesterday, and I'll, I'll just say it uh, quickly, um, the part that we read this morning in spiritual ex- uh, experience um, that talked about um, the untapped and unsuspected inner resource. I just have to say that for the time that I've been um, introduced to the work of the big book and taken the steps and was guided through the steps and my dependence was put, my spiritual awakening was an educational variety of the educational variety and I did have contempt prior to investigation but I continued, like I said yesterday, to investigate and to call and I thought, okay, well, I come from, I'm 44 years old, I was 30 when I came in and then I went, I, I, I think the food part, and I won't get into a food plan at all, I won't talk about the food plan, but as a compulsive eater, the getting a foundation of sobriety and defining that um, for me was a long time coming because I came from an outer-directed uh, type program that was only structured with, uh, you know, food plan, sponsor, and I did lose 100 pounds a couple times in my 30s. I ran a couple LA marathons, went back to school, da 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 all this wonderful, studied Carl Jung, uh, Jungian, and all these wonderful things, conversion, Catholicism, Buddhist, all this contemplative retreats, wonderful spiritual stuff, but I never took the steps and gained the weight back, went back to the food after that. But my spiritual awakening came when my, ma- my sponsor, who was a man, said to me, um, he took the dependence off of him and put it into the big book. And um, the way he did that was one morning when we were getting started in the doctor's opinion, I said, well, I, I really need the commitment. This is just the way it was with he and I, and I'm not putting down anybody else's technique, but the man had lost 500 pounds and kept it off 15 years, and he did it through the big book in OA. And I thought, okay, I'm going to listen to him. He's got what I want. So um, <clears throat> I said to him, uh, I'm going to commit my food to you. I need to commit my food to you. And I got it from a nutritionist. real scary because it was more food than the other food plans I was doing all my 10 years and those other offshoots or whatever. And I was losing hair in my period and very hungry many times. And I have to say all that because that was part of my defining my sobriety. So I said to him, I said, well, I need to give you my food. And he said, no, I'm not going to take your food. And he goes, call a newcomer or call someone else. And I'm like, well, no, no, I, I, you need to take my food. And he, that's tap, tapping that in, unsuspected inner resource came that day. My spiritual awakening happened when he said to me, Mary Lou, look, he was not going to wear the Jesus suit for me. I wanted to make him Jesus. I wanted him to tell me what to do and fix me. Fix me. Tell me what to eat. Tell me now. No, you go to a nutritionist. Well, that's too much food. I'm only losing seven pounds a month. I want to lose 20. Uh, no, no, no. Well, that didn't work. So he said to me, Mary Lou, I've never committed my food. He said, committing my, this is where my spiritual awakening came. No kidding. It was, it was raunchy. She said to me, committing my food to a sponsor feels like committing when I have to take a piss. And now I'm a good Catholic. And you said piss. That's not very spiritual. But you better believe what that did was it tapped the unsuspected inner resource. It took it from without to within. If I was going to lose this weight, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, through the steps and through putting down the food, it was going to happen 
through my integrity, my honesty, and he was not going to come and save me. And that's when it happened, when he said the piss word, and he was not going to, and I thought that was so unspiritual, but it, it was part of my awakening when he said that to me, because I wanted to make him Jesus, and he was not about to become that for me. And that saved my life, and I'm so grateful because it made me grow up. It made me be a 44-year-old woman instead of a 14-year-old. So anyway, thank you for letting me share. I'm grateful to be here, and glory, glory, hallelujah. Thanks for letting me share. Mary Lou in California. Thank you, Mary Lou. And that brings us up to the time that our meeting is now closed. Thank you to everyone who has shared today. And we will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164 followed by the serenity prayer, and will do, Al, please read a vision for you on page 164. This is uh, to Recover Compulsible Reader. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you unto then. Pass.